Hi, this is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. If you're interested in learning about the ketogenic diet like I was to save my own life, then this is probably the podcast for you. Eight years ago, I knew nothing about it. Six years ago, it saved my life. Three years ago, I started researching and talking with some of the authorities in the field and attending medical conferences about this to understand why and how keto so dramatically changed my and my wife's Judy's lives. The purpose of this podcast is to share our journey of discoveries with you in understanding how keto is so effective in improving so many different conditions from obesity, epilepsy, diabetes, infertility, MS, Alzheimer's, heart disease, to name a few. So take a step away from all the hype you've probably heard and roll up your sleeves with me and join me weekly to explore this living miracle that anyone can access. We'll talk science, we'll talk food. We'll explore its history and evolution to today, which is that the sheer wonder of the ketogenic way of eating has changed untold number of lives, unlike anything before it. And in case I forget to mention it, please join our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Welcome back to another episode of the Keto Naturopath podcast. You know that I'm Dr. Goldcamp. You know, I was all set to talk about collagen today and uh, some of the products and the authentic claims, the inauthentic claims, the marketing that was specious at best, and potentially some of the problems that can result therefrom. That will stay on the agenda, but it's not going to be today. I had a really pretty interesting experience that came out of a suggestion of a number of people. About three years ago, we did our story on podcast, and you might remember uh, Judy uh, also being part of the podcast, sort of I interviewed her, and we recounted our um, our difficulties together and what had happened and her bout with brain tumor and mine with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and all this other stuff, which got us into keto. And... Uh, it clearly changed our lives. So that was really part one. And then um, we started a YouTube channel not long ago, and it's still very young and is in its infancies for sure, both on um, how to produce all these things and to create a kind of a, a community and continuity of material. So we'll see how that goes. There's a lot of, a lot of variables there that you sort of discover as you start doing it. Anyway, um, a couple of people said, you know, what you might want to do is to go over your story. You know, what is your story? Um, because they probably picked it up on podcast or saw it in our Facebook group or something like that. There was a little oblique references to our past. So I did do that and put it together sort of as a, uh, a PowerPoint slideshow, which is a little easier to do on YouTube. Well, there's things I left out of that production and feel free to go over there. It's simply called um, How Keto Saved Our Lives, The Gold Camp's Story. So you can find that and I'll put the link in the podcast as well. There was a lot of really nice comments that came back to us that were very touching. And um, uh, Judy uh, listened to the to the YouTube just a couple uh, couple hours ago and said, wow, she was taken back as well. So I thought I would follow up on that and to express, uh, to disclose actually, some chapters that were sort of left out. Only because one is, 
it was already a long enough YouTube. And so how much are you going to say? It goes on and on and on. I don't like to get so into the story. Um, but there was a point. So I'm going to refer you to that particular YouTube and to the past podcast and call this a part two, a follow-up and things that were left out. It's not quite an epilogue. Uh, the epilogue is now. Um, but what had happened after the financial disaster, the loss of family members, and the bankruptcy, and the brain tumor, and the colitis, and the Crohn's, all mixed together in kind of a very unpleasant slurry to exist in. Well, as I languished there for a while, and waiting sort of for the other foot to drop, and Judy going about to be going in for her surgery, you know, in the next couple of weeks, that, uh, yes, I was sort of feeling beat up, but I was mostly simmering with anger. And so the anger lasted probably for, oh, a year or two. And to the point that I left medicine, I said, you know, I can't believe all this education. I was speaker of the class, just did nothing but study while I was at school and get all these things down and did the acupuncture and the Chinese oral medicine and environmental medicine. And, um, and clearly it was recognized what was there. That's nice. But um, I couldn't believe it. It just all upended. You know, you have nothing but a debt. We were, in my words, deceived by a bank. Uh, we, um, Judy corrected me and said the house that we had actually bought at the house, the uh, medical building that we bought was actually $500,000. We invested all our savings of two hundred and fifty dollars into it. Um, and it all went, it did well. And then it went belly up and we sold it all. The bank, uh, basically told us to sell it to somebody who was offering cash for 150000 So talk about a bit of a difference. And we were we were led to believe, we were told to the bank that oh, the difference um, between what our loan was and what we sold it for was going to be written off as income tax, and so we're taxed at the difference. Well, after that sale was closed, the bank calls and says, so what are you going to do about the difference? So now we had a $350,000 uh, additional bill to have to figure out. And it just got to be piled on and piled on. So the anger was simmering for a while in a lot of different aspects, mostly uh, at the uselessness of my education at that point, saying it really didn't, you know, what what have I done? What application, how did it benefit anybody? It, it, it certainly just created a, a, a huge crater of debt for the both of us. And Judy had two jobs. She was working a corporate job, could work remotely, and she was also my front desk. And so she could do both. And I probably contributed to her immune compromise situation, as well as all the rehabbing we were doing in the building we had. So that ended all of that chapter. And I just wasn't going to go back into medicine. It was just too much of a cost. You know, you read up right out the door, it's malpractice, it's this, that, or the other thing. Before you even start seeing patients, it's certainly not a business model that is viable anymore. Clearly, it's not viable. Unless you're working for a hospital that's just paying your salary, you would check in and check out, uh, sole practitioner, uh, unless you have a cash practice. So um, pretty much walked away from that. We had to, we uh, moved to Cape Cod for about five years. We lived in Orleans and really enjoyed that, got into the nature. But I really wasn't thinking about anything but our own health. 
and our own health, you know. So it was that was my research, and so um, yeah, I didn't re up on my licenses and and let them all lapse, and you know, good riddance kind of thing. And so uh, about three years went by, and learned about keto and getting involved, and things were changing for us in terms of health and. You know, I was thinking about medicine, and uh, we had a small miracle sort of happen to us. Talk about, you know, finding a penny in the attic that's worth a million dollars. That's an analogy. It's not a true thing that happened. Well, the penny in the attic was this. When I, um, part of my, my far past past was that uh, I was in the oil field internationally in Norway and Indonesia and southern part of the U.S. for a period of uh, four and five years. I was a drilling fluids engineer. And uh, all that was a fascinating aspect of my life. And so when I came back from that, and I came back actually to Toronto and finished up my uh, undergrad education in Toronto and then came back to the University of New Hampshire, which is where I was from, and finished up with way too many credits, <laughs> you know, um, that... Uh, and solvent, had my own money at that point, you know, for, that I had earned in the oil field. And so um, it was what to do. And I thought that I had seen so much poverty in the world that I thought I'd go into a thing called financial services, which though I had different conceptions of what it was, it ended up that you were really just selling insurance. And so I did sell insurance and got into financial planning and so on and so forth for a number of years. And that is where I uh, met Judy uh, many, a couple hundred miles away from where I usually meet people, we uh, we met at a uh, Unitarian church. And um, I think that's where, I know we met, but I can't remember the insurance part. No, she responded to some ad and I was sent out to go service her, <laughs> so to say. Well, anyway, on that particular occasion that uh, she bought a policy for insurance and I was guiding her to getting a good policy for, um, sorry, disability. She was um, young at that time, as so was I. So I thought, gee, how precocious this young person, um, young white collar businesswoman, um, was, you know, doing the right things. You don't see that happen very much. And she got her disability policy and contacted me and wanted the best she should get. So all that was just kind of forgotten, but she kept paying the premiums on those for all these years through all those years, I think 20 years plus. So now when we're kicked out of everything we had and um, when she had her brain tumor after she got out of the hospital, listen to this, after she got out of the hospital, she was fired. She was let go. And she said that her services were no longer wanted and she was getting outstanding um, comments for the previ previous five years. And so they realized she was damaged goods and uh, she was expelled. So yeah, she saw an attorney, but it was, we were tired of all fighting. We were just too tired of fighting. So she kind of just uh, took a very superficial aspect of that and just let it go and, and got some sort of small payment from the company. And, and that was it, nearly nothing. However, so here we are, we're in Cape Cod. We were uh, renting a house in Cape Cod and kind of off, not on the beach, but in the in the woods there and sort of healing ourselves. And we thought about, well, what about this insurance policy, this disability policy? So sure enough, 
given all that she'd been through, absolutely, she qualified. And so for a period of years, we had um, all our income restored. Can you imagine that? All our income restored. All that we lost, and suddenly we're back, and we actually uh, have a viable life, even though we're, we're healing. So it really gave us the ability to focus on our own healing. So um, I, you know, still we're in our early 50s. And we're saying, so what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And uh, I had it, as they say, on my heart to serve others. That was kind of the paradigm. My dad was a doctor, and I thought he was a good man, and so followed that. And my brother was not a doctor, but I thought he was a, a the 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 theme was he was servicing of others. This is more academic. So anyway, um, we got deeper and deeper, and so. Patients were calling from Connecticut, you know, what about this, Dr. Goldcamp? What about that, Dr. Goldcamp? And so I was in part out of keeping myself busy, sort of helping them. And um, most of the time it was for free. And sometimes I charge people if that's or whatever. It was it was minimal. So time went by in that way. And I'd say, you know, I'm I no longer have my licenses, I'd let them go. So within three years, obviously, I reapplied and and got my licenses reinstated and so on. And uh, you have to go through interviews and all this other stuff and uh, make sure you have all your continuing education credits up to snuff. So I did all the work to get back in that. And the reason I did that, I mean, one way I was very relieved not to have the responsibility of a medical practice hanging around my neck or our necks. It was gone. We didn't have to check in and check out. We didn't have to be, you know, done at a certain time. We didn't have to pay all these bills that and squeeze the money out of uh, of that situation just to exist for another week. That's really the reality of the uh, most medical practices today, by the way. I don't know if you know this, but doctors, as in MDs, have the highest suicide rate of any white-collar profession in the United States. I don't know about Canada or in the West. I assume it's probably comparable to some extent, but that's the reality. And the reason I'm going in this sort of uh, disclosure of this is because we've come through COVID and it's been a very dark time for many people. And I think to get through the darkness is that it's important to share um, that we have our struggles and that we're here to help each other and to have empathy, compassion, and constructive interface with each other. And I think that's the way out of this. I mean, there has to be a sense of community. And so with that, I, I, you know, I felt, you know, I am just going to start a podcast because I have learned some things I need to spread the word. So in the very least, that's why I started the podcast back oh, three plus years ago. And so that's been rolling forward, obviously, since then. But it's part of that. And I think that that is a necessary uh, situation that kind of counters all the superficial social media aspect of this. Then we started a Facebook group. Um, just, you know, and, and one friend asked, he said, well, you know, aren't you going to do a lot of ads and so on and so forth? I said, no, I am just going to go on the proposition that um, I speak from experience. I don't lie, don't exaggerate, and build from there. So it's it's growing, and so we've gone to spilled over into YouTube, as you know. So why is this important? Um, because as you go forward, in order to heal, you got to look at your whole self. You got to look at the whole things and just let it go. Because if you're still trying to keep this public image on. Um, it takes a lot of effort. And if you're in a, an immune compromised situation, you need to 
more meter your energy and where your energy is going to, just like money, right? You can't just spend it unnecessarily. And so keeping up appearances was an unnecessary expense of emotional energy, of emotional currency. currency. And to go forward, so, and I thought, you know, actually, I am a better person to re-enter into medicine, naturopathic medicine and and so on than I was before because I have this outside look coming in and the deficiencies that exist in established medicine. When I was practicing as a naturopathic doc the first time, I thought, you know, I am going to be more politically correct would be the way. You know, I'm not going to um, say doctors are bad. I won't go into the negative. But right now, I've seen so many bad medical doctors. I can't say, you know, I've obviously interviewed some really good ones too, by the way. But I really, the point of the point is that you need to take your own responsibility. Do not believe in any one woman or man who's a health practitioner who has opened your eyes. Thank them for the the opening your eyes and coaching you into the next step, step, but true health depends on you. You have to buck up and you have to get some educated. I know we all thought that, wait a minute, I don't, I don't have the time to get educated on my health. You know, I'm going to go with the assumption that the food is safe to eat, that the water is safe to drink and the air is safe to breathe. I'm gonna, I have to go with those assumptions. Well, I'm not saying those assumptions are wrong, but I'm saying you have to stop being naive. There's a lot of garbage out there and you need to stop eating garbage. Hence the ketogenic diet with whole food sources of protein and so on and so forth. We're well along into the post-carnivore, as you know, protein sparing modified fast aspect of this as a lifestyle. You know, and so you have to you have to get your mind around whole foods as a source of health. It's no longer an afterthought. It's no longer as when you were a little kid, at least in my generation, that you had to eat your veggies. You had to clean your plate or you weren't going to get dessert. It's, it's you know, that's, that's not the perspective I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you to be more thoughtful of the food that you're having. Uh, you can say, be thankful and everything else. Yes, of course, show gratitude, but I'm talking about the quality and it has to be whole food. So when I, even in the Facebook group, it still comes up, well, you know, I have this special kind of protein that comes from rice. I'd like to put it on my, you know, it's like stick to whole food sources of protein. That's what man, woman, or whatever you want to say, evolved on over the millions of years that it took for us to evolve. Just going back. So we can't now pretend, well, these processed foods, processed foods are one of the major ills, the major causes of illness in humanity today. And they came out really in the last 70 years. There's been a lot of, I think, purposeful, meaning it was done on purpose, misguidance, misinformation in the established medical community that most docs still buy into, the whole cholesterol theory of cardiovascular disease is total bullshit. It's total bullshit. I'm sorry. And there's plenty of studies, mostly out of Scandinavia, that aren't recognized in the United States. They are now because we're all connected in the internet. So if it gets a little bit edgy to say these things, I'm asking you to buck up and saying, so what about that? You know, and it comes up in the Facebook group. It certainly is something we cover in our coaching group. It's like, you need to know this. I'm not here to get a following of people that need my services. I'm here to get people that want to buck up 
and take care of themselves and therefore look for those essential pieces of information that can change their life. And I, when I say that word, change their life, it sounds like it's a cross between a supplement and going to church. You know, you heard a really good sermon and a really good supplement. No, it is neither. It is you. It is you. That information that will change what you're doing at home, ideally in your kitchen and other things. It's sorry, the world has changed so much in a rather processed and chemical way in the last 70 years. Now, environmentally, obviously, if you want to go from 1950 to 2021, which we are today, think of all the pesticides that are out there. And did you know that most pesticides are not even tested? There's just too many applications for different pesticides. This is what I learned in my education of being the naturopath in environmental medicine. They're just so when you know, how they get approved is anybody's guess. So there's a lot, unless it, unless there's a lot of injury created by a particular pesticide that gets accumulated over time. Um, and, you know, it's associated with major issues like we talked about um, dioxins and, um, well, what's the Vietnam defoliant that was used? Um, I mean, unless you have these kind of situations, you they just pass on. And, you know, to think that these are just, oh, there you go, I'm going to use my pesticides, you know, nothing's going to be wrong because nobody's really died, you know. Uh, you don't know about that. It's sold in hardware stores. It's sold in Home Depot or Lowe's. Don't be so naive. If you have to use them, be very judicious and protect yourself. Uh, you know, you have the phthalates and you have the other chemicals and everything's not all pesticides, but that came in the last 70 years. Processed foods came in the last 70 years, since World War II specifically. Um, and so the world has indeed changed, and I don't want to rattle your cage. I don't want to sort of like, nor do I want to sing you a lullaby and, and put you to sleep thinking that everything's fine. I think your vigilance is called for. I think, you know, there's a... Um, you think I have grown up Christian. I guess for the most part I have, but I need to explain that for a second. There's a lot that I get out of the Bible and other references. I lived in Indonesia for a couple of years, the largest Muslim company in the world, company, country in the world, uh, way more than the Middle East. And got to know a lot about the Muslims and how they lived and so on and so forth. And went through Ramadan a number of times with a number of Muslim friends. My brother-in-law is Muslim from Libya. His kids are... Um, half whatever we are, Irish German and half Libyan, and he has a phenomenal guy. We have, I have a niece who converted from uh, Christian, Christianity to Judaism, and her father was a minister. My brother-in-law was a congregational minister for about 40 years, and others in our family describe themselves as Buddhist. And so when we come together in Thanksgiving, which hasn't happened at my presence for a long time, um, it is with a very open, accepting attitude. Nobody has the right way down, <laughs> you know. Nobody knows what's that poster that um, um, I can't remember. Anyways, that nobody has the right answer, but we have an appreciation for each other, and we're all trying to figure it out. And in that trying to figure it out, you need to. There's a I'm getting getting to this and. Unitarian Church that I went to for a while that I did enjoy and met my wife at it. 
Um, there was this reference called, many are called and few are chosen. It's from the Bible, obviously, and those who know about it, they can answer it this way. And I asked him, I was trying to be a smart ass and said, so what does this mean? And he goes, many are called to their own consciousness, but few choose to follow it. That was his interpretation. That's what I liked about Unitarians. They weren't so, they weren't Bible banging. They weren't so literal. And I thought, what a great interpretation. Many are called to their own consciousness, but few choose to follow it. It's, it's a lot of work to follow your own consciousness, to follow your own voice. So in my, I know this is kind of a scattered sort of talk in a way, but it is not. Uh, the I'm trying to rally people to that, their own voice and saying they need to check these things out. They can't, they can't go, oh, I can't trust all these different aspects of my life anymore as my parents could. Well, um, no, they just need to be a little more discretionary. They need to be, you know, if you're still looking for simple answers like, well, do I eat protein or do I eat fats or do I eat carbohydrates? Well, we got to get a little more complicated than that. There are no such things as an essential carbohydrate. So they can be gone completely. Um, how much protein? We have to say, if we're talking about a whole food sources of protein, then we have that whole protein sparing modified fast, you know, to follow that out. But if we're doing processed foods, because I like my protein drink, if we're doing this little thing, you're getting into trouble. You're getting into trouble and you're trying to be somebody who's, I don't know, are you trying to hack into your health by not having to do the work? Is that it? We're trying to work, walk away, walk around the work that is required to live a healthy life. I'm sorry, work is required. That's the other thing. Work is required. You can't sell it as a supplement, but work is required. Um, muscles are required. And therefore, the onus is on you to build your muscles, not not to be hypertrophy into total hypertrophy, but you need muscles. It's on you to do that. The word is getting out. Um, so anyway, it's the call to your voice. Uh, I went from anger to coming back saying, you know, I think I'm a lot better suited to getting a different kind of message out since I was on that other side. So I have a lot of disagreements with my own collegial naturopathic doctors. I know some people that when they contact me, they think that I'm uh, I'm all uh, crystals and uh, herbs and massages. They go, well, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of that, but uh, it's uh, much more <laughs> far beyond that. Um, and so I guess the part that I wanted to say is that one way we had a total black done your life, you're screwed, go away and get healed. And then to find out that actually there was this disability policy that Judy had been paying for that uh, took care of us for uh, a number of years that gave us the respite to heal ourselves. Uh, my anger that turned into uh, a greater focus of learning how to not trust doctors, but to listen to their expertise only and to extract from their expertise what I can use. And that's how you would use a doctor. What do they have experience from? Can they talk to that? If they're just going to give me studies, unless it's really appropriate for what they're doing, I really don't listen to them. Um, they're not that, they're not of use to me in that regard. So this is a call to your own voice. And this is to saying there is a place for anger. There is a a place for each other that really has to be connected. So when I did when I did the video for um, our 
experiences on YouTube, it was just really nice to see the kind of comments that came out. They were very humane. And often there's a lot of um, uh, negative comments, not with us, but on YouTube, that it almost seems to be a place where people can be anonymous and angry and mean. Uh, there was none of that. So I was very pleasantly, uh, pleasantly surprised. So I want to come forward in saying uh, there's probably some of you that in the dark episodes of the pandemic that you're angry. It's a it's an anger inside you. And I'm saying, it, it, see if you can acknowledge what that is, but also that means there's a great vitality. If you have anger, there's a great vitality. There's a great energy in you. And that is can be used for something. Others that have a much more religious sort of perspective saying that is meant for something, that's the voice that's calling you. Maybe all those, all those things are absolutely true. I know, keep it. Use that vitality. Don't, don't be, for lack of a better word, politically correct and say, well, I can't be angry. And so you just don't acknowledge that part of you. Be angry and uh, be angry appropriately. And, and um, talk it out, identify it, talk it out, and then use that energy. So the fact that you're angry could be a good thing. What is much more dangerous, which is much more, much darker place to go is when the anger turns inward and it turns to a depression and it turns into an apathy. And uh, apathy is, is, is lethal. Apathy is lethal, is lethal. The vitality that is the push behind anger can just be redirected with some self-education. And that self-education comes from being able to ask questions and to be able to wonder and to be able to find a new path. But you really, a skill for life is to ask questions first to yourself, why did this happen? And then you start to get a, maybe a little more literal sort of things that you can work on. But you need to ask the questions and you are in charge of you Please do not think that the medical system in the United States is going to make you a healthy person. It, it won't. I'm not saying don't hate it. Use it. See the experience and also know that most people have a very limited experience on you know, the, the size of a pin. Beyond that, they don't have any experience and that's where they get to be dangerous. They don't know enough about the medications that they prescribe. They don't know enough about the combinations of the medicines that they prescribe. They don't know enough about the nutrients-induced deficiencies of the medications that they prescribed collectively and so on and so forth. So those things you have to learn of yourselves, and there's more people out there that will tell you. But be a question asker. Be compassionate. Connect with others. You have something that other people people need. And... Um, that's the only way out of this that I can possibly see. So it's been a funny podcast, but I, I wanted sort of to get that off my chest because I don't have an agenda here. This whole podcast has been unmonetized. It has been uncommercial. It has been devoid of any kind of agenda other than following the our discovery of learning the ketogenic diet, getting into the ketogenic diet, and gradually learning about all these other things, yes, through conferences and so on and so forth, to our own, luckily my own blood work that I get to look at and tests. And, you know, they, so the conversation got a little bit 
complicated for some and really helpful for others. But that's been the process. So this is this was the sharing of this whole thing, and that's why this was for better or for worse. And um, I hope that was helpful. We'll get back to the regular <laughs> regular uh, channel next week. Um, and we will talk about collagen because there's a number of things I need to talk about that. And I think that you'll appreciate hearing it. Okay, so until next time, be kind and ask questions. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Dr. Goldkamikin for a brief reminder of something I completely forget to do at the end of every episode. You've heard me talk long enough and many different episodes, but what I would love you to do, and many of you have already done this, I just want to reinforce this particular behavior, which is to send me your questions. Send me your questions and anything you have about keto. If there's something that I don't know, I will look it up. And if it's something that intrigues me, I will probably make an episode, uh, a podcast about that particular topic. So what you need to do is to send me your questions at drgoldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. So that's D-R-G-O-L-D-K-A-M-P at K-E-T-O-N-A-T-U-R-O. P-A-T-H.com, Dr. Goldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. Feel free to join our Facebook group, which is also ketonaturopath.com. That's been growing lately. You also have to answer a questionnaire should you cho- choose to join. And I don't ask for your email. I ask that you follow our terms. I try to avoid uh, advertising and uh, the obvious interruptions of a, just a good Facebook group. So hope to see you at one place or other. Please send me your questions and uh, look forward to talking to you and getting to know you. Take care.